Hello, Bridge Builders! I'm here with some exciting news. The first volume of interviews is now available on Amazon.com. The link can be found at eatlunchandboardgame.com. I promise that all proceeds from sales of this book will go right back into this podcast and channel. Whether that is new and better audio equipment for the podcast, or video equipment for the YouTube channel, or even more games to review, the money will not be wasted. Click over to Amazon and get your copy of Eat Lunch and Board Game, the first course today. And thank you for supporting the show. Welcome back to Eat Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins. Today we'll be looking at Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride came out in 2004. Alan R. Moon's quintessential game won him his second Spiel des Jahres Award. His first came for a game called Elfinland, which I have not played, but I plan to once this whole podcast thing takes off. Currently, Ticket to Ride resides in 171st place overall on Board Game Geek, 29th in Family Games, holds a 7.4 rating with over 71,000 ratings, and it plays 2 to 5 out of the box. Ticket to Ride has many different track sets which require one of the base game sets to play, whether you have the USA or Europe. They come with the required new destination cards and some come with a new mechanic. They have even started packaging small city-centric ones like New York, London, and most recently Amsterdam. I'll cover these small city versions later in this episode. Rule Clarity Ticket to Ride is a very easy to understand game. The rules are clearly written and simple to follow. On your turn, you get to choose between claiming a route, drawing new train cards, or drawing new tickets. Only one of these actions can be taken on your turn, and that is where a lot of the strategy comes into play. Time to explain to newcomers. The new City editions say, Learn the game in three minutes, play it for hours. That is hard to argue with. This is a game where you can explain it as you set it up. Explaining that there are really only three options, and you can pick one on your turn and only one, seems to be the hardest thing to understand. Well, that and that the gray routes can be any color, but all the cards played must be the same color. Also, unlike a lot of games, there is no hand limit. So you can keep drawing your two cards until that blasted pink train car finally shows up. Gameplay. The board features a map of the United States and southern Canada. Literally, there are only uh, six cities in Canada and a plethora in the United States. Every player gets a bag containing their 45 trains of their color. The associated scoring marker is placed on the 100 spot, which acts as the zero at the start. Shuffle and deal three train cards face down to every player. This is their starting hand. Then, shuffle and deal face down three destination tickets to every player. Every player must look at them and keep two, at least two, and they can discard the third if they choose, but you can keep all three. This is the start of the game's strategy. Can two or three of the routes be looped into one long route? This is a viable way to score a lot of points just by extending off each end to reach all your cities needed. The important thing is that the routes do not have to be the shortest distance. You just have to connect the two cities with a continuous route. 
One of my coworkers is the queen of stretching out short routes to pick up longer ones. Once everyone has discarded the destinations that they want to, flip face up four train cards, place the rest of the deck next to this row, and you're ready to play. On your turn, you have three choices. You can claim a route. To do this, you must have collected the right amount of matching colored train cards of the route you want. For instance, the route between St. Louis and Pittsburgh is five green spaces. You would need to have five green train cards or a combination of green and wild locomotive cards that equal five. So three green and two wilds would work. Or five wilds. You discard those five cards and place five of your plastic train cards on the spots, claiming the route. The route from St. Louis to Little Rock is two gray spots. The gray routes can be claimed by any color card, but they have to be the same color card. Or one wild and one color, or two wilds. If there are two side-by-side routes between two cities, one player cannot claim both routes. In a two-player game, only one of these routes can be claimed total. So between St. Louis, that's the city I live in if you don't know, and Kansas City is either two pink or two blue. This means you could claim either one, but not both. In a two-player game, no one else can claim the other route, and if three or more people are playing, then the other route is up for grabs. When a route is claimed, the score marker is moved forward the amount of points based on the train length. The longer the route you claim, the more points you get. A solo train scores 1 point, but a 6-car route scores 15. I've won a game simply by going around the board claiming as many 6 routes as I could. Another option on your turn is to draw more train cards. You can do this by taking from the face-up row or drawing the top card that is face-down. Or a combination of both. So if you need a red and no red is showing, you can take your chances by drawing the top card. A quick note here, there are 12 of each color and 14 wild locomotives. This can come in handy if you're looking for a certain color. If you haven't seen it come up, there could be a lot in the deck. Now, there are two rules governing drawing cards. The first is simple. If you take a locomotive from the face-up row, that's the only card you get. If you draw it off the top of the deck, however, you still get a second card. Try not to show that you drew two locomotives off the deck. No one likes a bragger. The other rule is that they're taken one at a time and replaced immediately. This is because if there are ever three wilds in the face-up row, the whole row is scrapped and five new cards are flipped up. Lastly, you can choose to draw more destination tickets. You draw three, but you must keep one of them. Fair warning though, at the end of the game, you score points for every destination that you've completed. However, you lose points for any that you do not complete. This is where extending off your existing routes really helps. The game enters the last round when a player has two or fewer plastic train cars left. Everyone gets one final turn, including the player that triggered the end game. All completed destinations are added to the scores, and all incomplete destination tickets are subtracted from the scores. Then, the person with the longest continuous train route is awarded the longest path bonus of 10 points. And then the player with the highest score wins. If there's a tie, it goes to who had the most completed routes. Replayability. We have played this game many times at work. There are 30 destination tickets, so it is very unlikely that you will ever play the same game twice. With the variable play count and the access to all routes versus only some due to this, the replayability is very high. I have played this game well into the dozens of times. I had the app on my tablet, 
and I was so close to unlocking all the goals in the base game. Then, my late cat CJ, may she rest in peace, knocked my tablet onto the floor from my nightstand and it hit directly on the charging port. My friend fixed it, but the fix just didn't stick. So then I tried to fix it, but again, it just didn't last. So when I got my new tablet, I had to start all over again. I have played this game with many different people that have had various amounts of exposure to it. I am amazed at how some people just take to this game. We had a player in our office that was a pretty average gamer, but Ticket to Ride was his jam. Component quality. Let's get this out of the way now. I sleeved the deck the day I opened the box. Then, when I bought the 1910 expansion, I sleeved the new full-size deck too. I was not taking any chances after the disaster that was my Catan deck. The cards are nice quality, but since they are integral to the game, I sleeved them immediately, and I advise you to do the same. The plastic train cards and scoring markers are nice and thick. I have no fear that they will be crushed or ruined by my children. The board itself is a typical quad fold of standard quality. That is it when it comes to the components. It's a very simple game. The artwork. The illustrator and graphic design combo of Julian Delval and Cyril Dugen hit it out of the park. With the game being so colorful and color dependent, they did a great job with making it accessible to people with vision problems. Each color card has a different train car on it. There are nine different cars. Boxcar, passenger car, tanker, reefer car, freight, hopper, coal, caboose, and of course, the locomotive. Not only this, but each card type has a different symbol on the corners that match the symbols used on the board. For example, the green caboose has an X in the four corners. All the green spaces on the board have this same X. I love the artwork of the game. The board is pretty, depicts the United States and Canada very well. The cards are just so nicely laid out. The destination tickets are very helpful in helping you find the cities with ease so you're not having to put your fingers out there so everybody knows what cities you're trying to get to. Bang for the buck. At $55, Ticket to Ride is more expensive than most lunchtime games. I can tell you though, keep an eye out for sales. It is sold at Target and Amazon, and you can usually get it for a bargain. Even at full retail price, though, this game is a must. We have played it dozens of times. It is a crowd favorite. Other. Well, there is a fun thing you can do with your copy of Ticket to Ride. Once again, Etsy has amazing new train car sets that you can purchase, like a monorail, or just a whole bunch of oil tankers, or my personal favorite that I do need to order, coffins. An entire train made of coffins. Typically, you can order these sets in any color you could possibly want. Thingiverse also has a lot to offer if you have a 3D printer. You can usually go on there and download the STL files for these sets that I just mentioned and print them yourself. I don't have a 3D printer. Yet. So I will just stick to Etsy. You will also find car holders and other odds and ends available to help bling out your game. And then there are the Board Game Geek forums. People on there have made their own themes for the game. And since they do not have permission to charge for it, they post their files for free! You can get a map of Africa, the island of Sodor. If you don't get that reference, you don't have kids. And my personal favorite, the Emerald City. 
I have downloaded all the files for the Emerald City, but I have yet to tackle this build. My print play skills need some improving before I attempt to make this one. Though I might attempt the Island of Sodor. Lunchtime Potential Games with a finite ending tend to be very lunchtime friendly. Since the game starts its last round when a player has two or fewer train cars, the game typically wraps up in about 45 minutes. But that's the key here. You have to pay attention to everyone else's train supply. You do not want to be drawing destination tickets when someone is close to ending the game. Unless you're behind in points and you think you can get lucky with your draw based on what you currently have played. Hey, it can happen. The end of the game does not typically drag because the person with only a few trains left has prepped for the end and wants to end it on their terms. The final scoring doesn't take too long, teardown is quick, and you're back at your desk working in less than 60 minutes. The Expansions and Variations Two years after the game came out, the first expansion hit. It was called the 1910 Expansion, and it is an absolute must. If for no other reason, it gives you standard-sized cards for the game. You can get rid of those small cards. It comes with 39 new destination tickets, a new bonus card, and reprints of the original 30 destination tickets, its bonus card, and the 110 train cards, just like the base game. This expansion gives you three new ways to play the game. First up, 1910. It uses all the standard rules, but you only use the destination tickets with the 1910 logo printed in the upper right corner. It also introduces the new bonus card, Globetrotter. It gives the person with the most completed tickets a 15-point bonus. Finally, playing the East Coast is a viable way to win. Next up is Big Cities. This features 20 new destination tickets combined with 15 from the base game, all marked with Big Cities in the lower right corner. All the destinations go through one of the seven big cities of Chicago, Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New York, and Seattle. Apparently St. Louis isn't big enough. At the start, you deal four destination tickets and you must keep two. And during the game, if you choose to draw more destination tickets, you draw four, but you must keep one. No bonuses are awarded in this version. Lastly, there is the Mega version. This is simple. You don't sort out anything. Simply shuffle all 69 destination tickets into one stack. Deal five to every player. Everybody has to keep at least three. During the game, if you draw more destination tickets, you take four. You must keep one. Both bonuses are up for grabs in this version. This is a crazy way to play, but it is a hell of a lot of fun, and we play this version a lot. Next up is Alvin and Dexter, which came out in 2011. Alvin and Dexter is a weird little add-on that can prove to be a little OP or overpowered. Alvin and Dexter are an alien and a dinosaur, respectively. You can spin rainbow engines to move them around the board. By doing so, the most, you can score a 15-point bonus. While they are in a city, no one can build into that city, and any route dude is worth half at the game's end. I did not enjoy this add-on, and I have since learned that it has become part of a different track set, so I went ahead and sold my copy on eBay. Now the next three I'm going to talk about are the city-centric versions that are a lot smaller, scaled-down version of the game. First up, in 2018, was Ticket to Ride New York. Ticket to Ride New York traded out the trains for taxis and a score pad rather than have the score tracker around the border. This is a very scaled-down version of Ticket to Ride. Each player has only 15 taxis instead of 45 trains like the base game. 
The end game remains the same though, so this plays in about 20 minutes or less. It is insanely fast and yet feels completely the same as the original. Eleanor Moon and Julian Duvall really get into the theme. The board looks like a subway map. The train cars are subbed out for a school bus, subway cars, city buses, a trolley, and the wild is a taxi. All the play mechanics are the same, but there is a new way to score points. You can connect to one of the nine tourist attractions with your routes. Each time you touch one of these, you get an additional point. They are designated with a one on the map. With only 15 taxis to place and the game ending when someone has two or fewer, then you don't have a lot of time to waste. Every turn matters. My son and I have played this 17 times since we purchased it at the start of the pandemic. The average score has been 33.4 with a high of only 46 and a low of 17. So like I said, you have to make every turn count. In 2019, Ticket to Ride London came out and it again is heavy on the theme. The trains are city buses in this version. They put the score tracker back around the border, which I prefer to the score pad. The cards are really on theme this time. There's a yellow submarine, a double-decker bus, and a pink car that reads Rocket Man on the side with some rocket thrusters. As with most variations on Ticket to Ride, there is a new scoring mechanic. This time, the board is divided into five regions, and each destination has a number of 1 through 5. If you can connect all of one of these regions together, you get that many bonus points, so it's harder to connect the 5 region than it is the 3 region. Again, my son and I have played this one 27 times over the pandemic, and we've still only averaged 34.8 points per game. Every turn matters. The end of last year, in 2020, Ticket to Ride Amsterdam came out. Like with most of my favorite games and my obsessions, I pre-ordered this one. As with the others in this series, the theme is on point. It is set in the 17th century, so the trains have been replaced with two-wheel pull carts. The cards are a horse-drawn carriage, a boat, a pack mule, a ship, a man pulling a pool cart, and the wild is a man with a pool cart and a man with a mule both. I, I don't understand why that's the wild, but hey, it is. The destination tickets are called contracts this time, and the new scoring mechanic is a new deck called the merchandise cards. Some routes on the board have a card on them. If you claim this route, you get a merchandise bonus card. At the end of the game, the person with the most gets 8 points, and then depending on how many players, the rest get anywhere from 6 points to 0. This is literally my only complaint in all these cities' editions. These merchandise cards can break the game. If you don't draw contracts that require you to utilize these special routes, then it is harder for you to claim the bonus cards. Likewise, I drew a combination of two routes that ran me right over 5 of these routes. That game was a massacre. With such a small number of cards, again... Every turn matters. You can't go out of your way just to pick up these special routes. Now, the son and I have only gotten this game to table three times, but again, our average score is still sub-40 at 37.8. Like a few other games, Ticket to Ride and Days of Wonder released a special print-and-play off their site over the COVID pandemic. They called it Stay-at-Home Edition. It is hilarious! The board is a floor plan of a house. The cities are rooms or locations in the house, like Sister's Bedroom front door, fridge, etc. You need a base game to play with, so you have a train deck and trains. Each player only needs 32 of the base game's 45. You can leave the rest in their respective bags. They went all out in this version, too. They call Alan R. Moon the real estate agent, and the graphic designers are interior decorators. 
For a free print and play, you surely get your money's worth. The gameplay is the same as the standard version with one little tweak. Family routes. These are routes that are different colors on the same route. You can claim as many colors on your turn as you can. You earn one point per train that you place. At the end of the game, any completed family routes can be used by any player with at least one train on it. My son and I played this a few times, and it is absolutely hilarious. I printed it all out in black and white, colored it all in, and colored pencils on the board. And now I feel I need to get this reprinted, and maybe this can be a good step up to the Emerald City. We'll see. Finally, I want to touch on something really quick. There's a junior version of the game called Ticket to Ride First Journey. I don't want to say it's simpler than regular Ticket to Ride, but it is scaled down. For the city locations, they use words and a symbol for that city. Sadly, St. Louis and the Arch did not make it into the game. But San Francisco is depicted with the Golden Gate Bridge. Miami gets an alligator. New York has a Statue of Liberty. Helena gets a buffalo. You get the idea. I refuse to say what Chicago is represented by. This version of the game is nice, quick, and really helps children understand how the game works. It is $35, so you might want to see if you can borrow someone else's copy. I say this because after a few, like less than 10 plays, I think your youngster will be ready for the regular version, or you can buy one of the city ones I just talked about too. These are all great options to get your little ones indoctrinated into this great hobby. In summary, this was a staple for a long time in my office. It is very accessible to newcomers and beloved by all. It scales very well, but I find that I love it most with four or five players. It makes the game a bit more competitive and drives you to claim routes quickly lest they be claimed by your opponents. I've only played the other track sets on my tablet, but I am eager to play them in person, on a table, with real people. I would also love to play the Rails and Sails version. This version combines going across water with boats and trains. Once I get more versions played, I'll make a follow-up episode. I cannot stress enough how accessible and fun, though, Ticket to Ride really is. It's an exercise in elegance. There's not a lot of complex rules or a lot of parts, but there is a lot of fun packed into this amazing game. You can follow me on Facebook and leave me a message. What track sets are your favorite? You can also email me at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And until next time, keep building those bridges. Average Joe's Gaming is a weekly podcast brought to you by us. I'm Joe. I'm Tom. We talk about all things game-related. In this hour-long podcast, you'll discover what has arrived in the game room, which Funko Pop Tom just could not resist, and maybe, if you're lucky, we might get around to talking about games. Might. Tune in weekly. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast formats. Stay in tune with all things sports around Indiana and the nation with the Crash Course Podcast. Each week, we tackle the big storylines from the world of the Colts, Pacers, and the Indiana College scene, while also keeping a pulse on the nation. We record live weekly at twitch.tv slash 3C Media and can be found on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard, you can catch the Crash Course Podcast. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.